This episode is brought to you by Acorn TV. Acorn TV. And Acorn TV offers world-class mysteries, dramas, comedies, and documentaries from Britain and beyond. So I'm just starting this week a show with Jane Seymour called Harry Wilde. Yeah, it's so fun because it falls under the uh, person who is not an official police person or right. or like in, in the judicial department or anything like that is like, I'm going to get involved and I'm going to help you solve this crime, which is one of my favorite types of ladies. And yeah, so Jane Seymour, I guess, is a retired English professor and her son is a police detective and she just can't help but get involved in the cases he's working on. Yes, and they have a new season coming out this month, so it's the perfect time for you to jump in, Nick. And Jane Seymour is wonderful. Wonderful. So you out there, check that out and check out all the great stuff that Acorn TV has. Sign up for a 30-day free trial with promo code ACORN30 at acorn.tv. Hey there, it's Nick. And it's Leah. So we're doing another live show. Where you raised by wolves live. And this time we're going to be on the West Coast. Portland, Oregon, babies. So come see us on June 15th. And we're going to be at the Siren Theater. And the show starts at 7.30. So go to our website, whereyourraisedbywolves.com slash live and get some tickets. Join us. Hey, everybody. It's Nick Layton. And it's Leah Bonima. And we had so many great questions from you all in the wilderness. Ow! That, we have a bonus episode. So here we go. Our first question is, quote, my fiance and I are in the beginning stages of wedding planning and have been trying to come up with ways to have a wedding without spending tens of thousands of dollars. One option is to have a small church ceremony followed by heavy appetizers and drinks for a couple hours at a favorite restaurant. However, the host in me is horrified at the idea of not feeding our guests a full meal. Do people expect to eat dinner at a wedding in exchange for their attendance and possible gift? What are your thoughts on this kind of event? Please help. I feel like you and neither you and I have the most formal thoughts on weddings. True. Yes. So as this question is coming to us, I feel like it might be differently answered by other people. Well, let me stop you there. It's not that like we don't like formal weddings. We just like fun weddings. And I feel like the casual weddings tend to be the more fun ones. Well, that's what I was going to say. I feel like we like a full range of wedding. Oh, yeah. I will take wedding any which way. I just want to have a good time. And I believe that you want your invite to match the tone. That is true. Yes. If you have a bouncy house, I don't want to see an engraved invitation. And I think that orders are often the most fun food. Oh, 100%. How many weddings have you been to where you remember what the chicken was? But you might remember what the appetizers were. Like, that's always the star. I feel like we've all spent time trying to look very casual around the door that the waitstaff is coming out of with the hors d'oeuvres <laughs> because it was so good. We're just like, I need to get one more of those. And you can't run at them. So you just kind of have yeah. to look like you were just standing there. And I actually like the appetizer party instead of a sit down because I actually prefer not to be tethered to my seat. Like, I don't want to have to, like, be with the same people all night. I would rather be able to mingle more easily. And when you just have the appetizer style of party, then, like, I can do that. I think it sounds like a lovely night. You're you're having your ceremony, and then you're having a party. It sounds lovely. Totally. Now, here's the trick, though, into doing this. So you do want to make sure your guests know that that's the deal. Because some guests might actually expect to have a full sit-down dinner. And so you need to either have your event at a time when like, that's not going to be the perception. So like you need to have an event that's like middle of the afternoon, sort of between lunch and dinner to make it very clear like, oh, this event is not lunch, is not dinner. Or you just need to straight up say it in the invitation, which is like, please join us after the ceremony for light hors d'oeuvres and drinks. 
and like just say it. I also want to make a note on that. Nick. She said heavy appetizers. It's not Fair light enough. appetizers. Fair they enough. are going to rain appetizers down upon us, which I think- It does sound great. And I think you could just say it. It sounds great to say, here's where the ceremony is. Join us afterwards for dancing, drinks, and heavy appetizers. Yes. We're going to have a party. Come celebrate with us. Now, one thing that I want us to touch on, because it caught my ear and I don't love it. I knew what it was. I underlined idea. it. I was <laughs> yeah. like, Nick's going Nick's gonna to address this. Yeah, I am. And here we go. The idea that your wedding gift or your presence is in exchange for the food, that this is some quid pro quo kind of situation. Do not love that. I don't like that idea. I know a lot of people feel this way about weddings that like, oh, it's an admission ticket. Um, and like, that's not what wedding should be. So I really want to like kind of nip this in the bud a little bit. I underlined it. I knew you would nip it in the bud. Yeah. I don't, I don't love this because I think the idea like, oh, my wedding present has to actually equal the value of the food I'm receiving. Like that's a thing that people feel like, oh, I have to like figure out how much they spent on every head. And like my wedding gift has to be that dollar amount. It's like, oh, we cannot go down that road. So these need to be two separate things. People need to show up because they're genuinely happy for you and they want to be there to celebrate with you. And you want them to have a good time. So that's why you offer refreshments. But like, those are separate ideas. So I think this sounds great. Yeah. And Nick thinks this sounds great. And just have an invitation that says ceremony and join us for a party afterwards with drinks, heavy hors d'oeuvres and dancing. Great. And we would never want to invite ourselves to a party, but like if we were going to do so, uh, this sounds like a party I might want to invite myself to. I'm already thinking about what the hors d'oeuvres might be. <laughs> so our next question is, quote, my significant other's 16-year-old son, who lives with us every other weekend, uses a new towel every time he showers or uses the pool. If it touches his body one time, he doesn't use it again. My partner has commented that it is unusual, but seems unwilling to ask his son to change his habit. At the end of a weekend, I'm left with 10 plus towels to wash or more if he has friends over. Is there a polite way I can suggest to the son or to my significant other that he uses a towel more than once or that he washes his own towels? Truthfully, this isn't the end of the world, but I did just do three loads of towels and I am hoping to avoid this in the future. I want to throw a few things up. Okay. Much like the mother-in-law rule, mm. I feel like we would want our partner to talk to their child. Yes, it does feel like he needs to be the point person here. But I also feel like you don't have to do the laundry. Oh, twist. Right. Also, I have friends that are extremely clean and don't use things more than once because they have like, they're very germ focused. Okay. So I don't, I don't know if that's what this is or mm. if they're just unaware so I would like my significant other to get to that issue because I think we would handle it differently. I also think that if they just aren't thinking about it, a conversation could be had about people trying to do less loads of laundry because of the effects on the environment. Yes. And we could talk about how we don't want to wash this many towels because it's not good for the environment. Yeah. I mean, I think all those are good points and things that we could explore. I think the first thing on my list, though, was just let's hide the towels. If you only have one towel available to grab out of the closet, then there's only one towel. So like, let's just hide all the towels. Solid. <laughs> I don't know if that's practical, but that was my thought. It was like, can't use more towels if you don't have more towels. So here's one towel for the weekend. And 
I think I would I would have another discussion with my significant other. I would say, hey, the towel washing is it's a lot. I don't want to do it. It's a lot. And so I'm it's, taking loads is a lot. I'm yeah. putting the towels in our room and they would like another towel. They should wash their towel. Yes. But I think what you said earlier, which is really astute, is just like, let's have the significant other take care of the laundry. So like if he doesn't want to fix this with his son, okay, no problem. The towels have to be washed. And I just don't want to be the one to do it. So like you do it then. So you can either have a conversation and fix it or you can do the towels. But we'll leave it to you to figure out which one you would prefer to do. Yeah, that's what I would do. Yeah. The other thought I had was just, just do the towels. It's probably another 20 more months before this person moves out and lives on their own and like has their own apartment and like does their own laundry. So like maybe just toughing it out for another two years is fine. Nick's really giving you the full span. Hide the towels. Hide them or just do it. I like that bringing your sim together be like either have the conversation about the environment and people not washing towels for you and taking responsibility or do you feel un- like if it is like a clean issue, figure that out or you just do the towels, but I don't want to wash the towels. Or let's have this person who's using all the towels do the towels before they leave for the weekend. Like, oh, before you leave, would you actually just do a load of laundry? Which I feel like isn't a big deal. Yeah, actually, I feel like that request is totally reasonable. I think I would still rather my significant other say it. Oh, yeah. I think it still needs to go through that person. Yes. So I think that's in the conversation. Either you have them tell them that they have to do it or you do it. I'm not doing it anymore. Yeah, I I think I do want this to end with the letter writer not washing more towels. I think that's it. Just take yourself out of the equation. Yeah, and I think if you can achieve that, this is great. I mean, you can achieve it. It's how long you may have to wait it out until there's no towel left and you're like drying off with a... (laughs) You're using just paper towels, toilet paper. (laughs) But I mean, I will do whatever to prove my point. I'll air dry, whatever it takes. That's true. Yeah, I mean, that might be what it takes. We'll see. Now it's time for Intermezzo. Intermezzo. So this episode is brought to you by Acorn TV. And Acorn TV offers world-class mysteries, dramas, comedies, and documentaries from Britain and beyond. So on your recommendation, Leah, I started watching Happy Valley. Yes. And now you see how the title is ironic. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And also, so much is going on in this town. So much is going on. We already, we started at 10. And then we keep going up. But I will say the lead, she is so good. She's unbelievable. Why are they better actors over there? She is incredible. Yeah. And just, yeah, the way the storytelling is done and the way it's shot, like, oh, it it, it got me. It got me. I'm in. I'm I'm so glad. I knew you would love it. I was like, this is great storytelling, great acting. Also, I sweat. I break a full sweat in that show. So you out there, check that out and check out all the stuff that Acorn has. Sign up for a 30-day free trial with promo code ACORN30 at acorn.tv. And now it's time for Intermezzo. Intermezzo. So this episode is brought to you by Book of the Month. I am loving getting to pick my Books of the Months. Is that the appropriate way to pluralize it? I'm loving getting my books of the month, but for multiple months now. So books of the months. Yeah. Oh, it's so easy to order. It's super convenient. Their selection is wonderful. And this month I picked The Ministry of Time, which sounds wild. It is about a civil servant who's helping to manage some government program where time travelers from other eras like come to help with something. And then they apparently fall in love. What? So like this guy from the 1800s is like, what's Spotify? And then like, you know, love happens. So I cannot wait to receive this. <laughs> you know, love happens. And you out there, you're going <laughs> to love Book of the Month. So you can get your first book for just $5 with code 
Pedals. So go to bookofthemonth.com and use code Pedals to get your first book for just $5. So our next question is, quote, I have a friend, let's call her Lisa. Lisa is going on a vacation to Paris with another friend, somebody I don't know. Let's call him Chad. Lisa has a significant amount of miles, points and upgrades to use. Chad does not. Lisa will be upgrading herself and Chad is paying for his own flight. Is Lisa obligated to upgrade Chad using her points? I'd note that Lisa is already footing the entire bill for the apartment in Paris they'll be staying in. Here are some of the options I presented to Lisa to start the conversation. Hey, Chad, I got an upgrade. They have one more available for about $600 if you're interested. Then Chad will hopefully offer to pay for his upgrade or say to Lisa, no, it's okay. I'll take a cheap seat and you go ahead. Or another option. Hey, Chad, I got an upgrade, but they only had one seat. So sorry, you're out of luck. What do you think? I wish I knew what the relationship between Lisa and Chad was. Okay. Yes, I think that's material. Because if they're friends, that's one path. If they're spouses, that's definitely another path. I don't think these are spouses. I don't get that idea either. But when it's spouses, I think that's not an etiquette question. That's a marriage question. (laughs) Whether or not you want to leave somebody back and coach or not. And like, that's for you guys to decide if that's healthy for your relationship. And it might be. Could be. Maybe. Yeah. Or maybe not. And then the question is, which one of you is back and coach? Well, in this case, it's for sure Chad. It's definitely Chad. (laughs) My thought is that Lisa does not need to upgrade Chad. No, Lisa can sit wherever she wants to sit on the airplane. Yeah, when my first reaction to this when I read it was, I don't see why she would, I think she can just do her, she's already paying for the apartment. I think that's also very material. Yeah. Just very generous. And you have all these points, upgrade yourself. Yes. I mean, I guess if Chad wanted to buy the points off of Lisa to upgrade himself, I mean, I guess that's fine if they want to have a conversation about that. I think it's not Lisa's responsibility. No. And then this other option, which is like, oh, I got an upgrade, but there's only one seat and there's no more. And so sorry. Like that does sound a bit of a fib. And so I don't love that option. Yeah. I would just be like, hey, I'm, I got an upgrade. I have a lot of points. Yeah. So see when we land. And I think one thing to be mindful of is that Chad is going to be a little more tired at the end of this flight. And so Lisa just needs to be mindful of that and needs to like know that he's going to be dragging the first day or two, maybe more so than Lisa is because, you know, it's a different experience and different level of relaxation, depending on what seat you're in. So Lisa can't like blame Chad for being a little more tired than she is. Like we can't have that attitude when we land. I also think that probably Chad isn't upset about it. Chad is probably just delighted to have a place to stay in Paris. Yeah, I I would hope so. Yeah, free place to stay in Paris. That's that's nice. Yeah, so I just want to make it a big deal. Hey, I have points. I upgraded myself. Boom. Now, I think it would be courteous for Lisa to wait for Chad as soon as you exit the airplane. So let's go through customs and immigration together. Yeah, I visualize Lisa waiting. Right? Yeah, I feel like that would be courteous. And Lisa shouldn't be like, oh, here's all the free chocolates I got on my flight. Do you want some, Chad? Like, I think let's try not to rub it in Chad's face. Mm, I maybe would rather the free chocolates. Okay. Uh, yeah, I guess. Yeah. What, oh, here's a chocolate I got in my business class seat. Well, you don't have to say that. You could just, you're waiting in line for customs and you're like, hey, do you want a chocolate? Okay. Yeah. And I guess as long as you didn't rub it in my face that like, oh, this was a business class amenity. Because I don't want yeah. people missing out on available chocolate just because. That's fair. That's fair. Just because it has a KLM logo on it. Yeah, okay. That's fine. <laughs> 
Okay, fair enough. I think just don't make it a thing and then it's not a thing. Yeah, I think that's a good etiquette advice in general. Like if you don't make it a thing, then it's not a thing. So don't make it a thing. Chad's an adult man. He can upgrade or not upgrade. Yeah, and if he doesn't have points, then like he doesn't have points. That's just what it is. So our next question is, quote, I'm in high school and I have a very close friend who consistently copies my style. I started wearing floral midi scrappy dresses a while ago and she said, where did you get your dress? I need one just like it. I shared the store with her and it's all she wears now. It's happened a few times now with several things from hair accessories to our backpack. I feel like I take a lot of pride in my identity and individuality and there's a certain appeal to the uniqueness that is special to me. I don't mind sharing beauty products and things that make our own personal beauty shine, but the replicated marks of expression have started to really bother me. What can I tell her to make my feelings clear and make sure I can keep my look my own? Really quick, I just thought of another towel situation. Okay, let's hear it. It's not a good idea, but (laughs) I like this idea. You could just leave the towel. You could have your towels, right? Your towels that are for you. Mm -hmm. And then whatever towels you're using for guests. And if he just keeps using towels, you just leave them in the room. On the floor. And when he comes back, he can use them again or he can wash them. Oh, you mean like next weekend when he comes back, yeah. like there's just the damp towels in the corner? Yeah. And I that, uh, would, that would be a hard, I get it. You're like, there's towels in there getting. I think if we could avoid the mildew situation. Yeah, the mildew situation. I just, also, once somebody realizes the joy of doing laundry, I love doing laundry. Oh, interesting. Be like, why don't you try washing those towels? It's a good time. Um. <laughs> Okay. I mean, that's a bit of a hard sell. It's a hard sell. I just popped in my head and I thought maybe I should say that. Okay. It's not a bad idea. Well, it is a bad idea. It's not a bad thought. It's not a bad thought. It's the the thought of that when we're getting, if it's not like a hygiene thing, then it's like, how do we sort of get the idea that this just doesn't get done on its own? A person is doing it. Right. Yes. There's no staff here that does towels. And so it's a little passive aggressive, but- I like trying to make the point. That <laughs> See, if I if I was doing it, it wouldn't be passive aggressive. It would just be like, oh, I forgot there were towels. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess, yeah. Could you just hang up all the towels that are used and then there'll just be 20 towels hung up? Yeah, just hang them the up in, that, in the guest bedroom and then boom. Yeah, okay. I mean, this is just a thought. Yeah, no, I, I like it on the whiteboard. Yeah. I just worry about the mildew situation. Well, we'll leave that window open. Okay. Well, then done. I like that. We'll hang them up on like a coat rack. Uh-huh. And we will leave the window open. Okay. I mean, it's an option. It's an option. Back to the question that we're actually talking about. Unique style. I tried to write out some sentences. Okay. Let's hear one. So the vibe I was trying to go for was, Mm -hmm. I love that we enjoy the same fun styles. Uh Uh-huh. I like to have my own, like, what it would come up is the next time this friend says, hey, I love that blank. Mm-hmm. Where did you get it? Right. And you could say, hey, I love that we like shopping at the same places, but I, I would love to not have the same things. Okay. Yeah. So something in that world. Something in that world. Right. Okay. I mean, the first thing I wrote down was just have more expensive taste. Just price her out. <laughs> Just, just have more expensive taste. I felt like you, you buy it. my guess was that you were going to say, don't tell her where you got it. That was my guess. But you you leveled up. <laughs> well, the next thing on my list is, or buy things from places that are hard to get to. 
So like, oh, I love that tea canister. Yeah, it's just like from this little store in Kyoto I just stumbled upon. Like, I don't even know the name of it. Could never find it again. Yeah, but it's great though, right? I guess it's how long can we be vague about where we got stuff and to the point where we might right. as well just have the conversation of finding a nice way to say, please sure. stop copying me. Yes, no, that's true. Um, yeah, I think my thought was actually, let's help her find her own style. Like if we're close friends, then let's maybe find her own voice and like see if there's maybe something adjacent to your style that works and maybe explore that a little bit. So next time the person asks, you could say, "How about I, oh, I got this at the mall. Uh-huh. How about I go shopping with you and we'll find something fun for you? Yeah. I mean, I think that could be one way to do it. I get it though. You don't want, you have like how you feel like you express yourself through clothes and you don't want somebody doing the exact same thing. Okay. So did we come up with anything? Well, yours was price them out. <laughs> right. And then be very vague about the location that Super you bought vague. on another continent. Uh-huh. Or vintage. If something that just like, you know, they don't make it anymore. It's uh, 80 years old. So you just can't find this jacket anymore. Went out of business. The looms are closed. So if you don't want to say the looms are closed, which is a great <laughs> sentence, and I hope you do get to utter it. Um, I think the best we could do is to help our friend find their own voice. I think that's really fun. And I think we could just when we tell our friend, let's not say don't copy my style. I think we right. say... I like to be the only person wearing. So it's more about how you like to not be wearing something that somebody else is wearing as opposed to them copying you. And then we offer, oh, how about we go shopping and we'll find something super fun for you. And then we get to do that montage, which I love that montage. A shopping montage. Great soundtrack. And then you come out of the dressing room and then we're like, no, come out of the dressing room. No. Then wacky hat. And we're like, what? And then you come out and it looks perfect. And we're like, thumbs up. And then we cut to us walking down the street with all our shopping bags and we're laughing. And then end a montage. And I think something that I wish that I felt comfortable with younger in my life Mm -hmm. is that you're allowed to have these feelings and say to this person, I would like to have my own style. And if you say it in a polite, friendly way, they could be mad at you, but it's still okay that you said that. Yeah. I think that's a a valid feeling for sure. And I think we just don't want to tell other friends, oh, look, so-and-so is always copying me. Yeah. I mean, I think we don't want to make fun of our friend which is kind of what would happen if we like gossip about them behind their back and be like, oh, do you see that Lisa bought the same dress? Like, we don't want that. And I don't think our letter writer is doing that. They're obviously very thoughtful. They don't want to hurt their friend's feelings. They wrote to us. So I think knowing that you're obviously a kind and considerate person, you're allowed to have feelings and to express that to this person. And then for our letter writer, I think if your style is copied, then I think you just need to evolve your style even faster. And so like, okay, my friend is now doing this dress. Okay, I won't do that dress anymore. I'm going to go on to the next thing. And just have your finger on the zeitgeist and, you know, dress accordingly. You also may just be a fashion icon. True. And this is just the beginning of a long career of people wanting to do what you do because you make it look so cool. Or you just get a silhouette. Just Steve Jobs, one black turtleneck, and that's just what you wear. And just like pick a lane. Nick's really coming up with some interesting options for this one. (laughs) I would love it if I could actually just have one thing to wear for the rest of my life. Like, I, I totally get why that's so freeing. Oh, I, I've been wearing the same, well, I have multiple of the same, the same onesie. <laughs> it looks like a work, like a, like a zip up. No, there's uh, footies on it. Yeah, I wear footies. <laughs> I love it. You just put it on and go. You don't have to think about it. Yeah, no, I actually, I do like wearing suits for this reason. Cause this is like, oh, it's, uh, it's, it's so easy. It's just like, oh, it's just like what I'm wearing. Well, zip up's even easier. I'm not even picking a shirt. I am wearing one thing. That is the one in the onesie. That's true. Should we make a Where You Raise My Wolves onesie? Um, I mean, I'm not mad at that idea. <laughs> sure. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'll uh, get the looms open again, and we'll uh, open get up that going. those looms. <laughs> so, our next question is: "Quote, my husband and I are throwing a housewarming party, and we have a number of friends who will bring their kids. So, we've decided to have a babysitter on site for those guests, so they can have some time to themselves if they like." In trying to find the babysitter, I asked my boss if his daughter might be interested. She is. However, I have no interest in inviting my boss and his wife to this party. We are an office with pretty strong boundaries between office and personal life. But is it rude to have the daughter babysit for me and not invite the parents? I would be okay with them coming to see the place if they were to drop her off and pick her up, but not much beyond that. What do you think? I wrote uh-huh. IDK. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. I, I underlined IDK. And then I know we can't go back in time and we can't unring a bell, mm-hmm. but I wish we could, we could ask bell. somebody else <laughs> to babysit because it's making me anxious. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I am concerned that if we really want to have a strong boundary between office and personal life, which I get, I respect, nothing wrong with that. Very healthy in a lot of respects. Then asking the boss if her daughter could babysit at your party, that's definitely crossing that line. And I just want to agree with our letter writer and be like, I feel like our letter writer wants us to say, yeah, have a pickup. No big deal. You have a strong boundary at work. But it does feel like we've now asked their daughter to come to our house. Which is actually a bigger can of worms. Because like, let's say it doesn't work out and, and like there's some problem. Now we have that problem. And then we also have now the relationship with the boss. And it's like, oh, that that could actually get very messy very fast. And so it's like, oh. But I mean, we can't undo it. We cannot unring this bell. And I even feel guilty bringing it up. The bell ringing? The unringing. I feel guilty that I said it. So I think that the boss and his wife cannot have the expectation that just because their daughter is hired for an event, that they're now guests. So I think the boss and the, the wife should not have that expectation. So I think on some level, you do not need to invite them. I think etiquette wise, you would technically be in the clear there. Do you feel this way? I feel like the boss does not think that they're invited. Right. And they shouldn't think they're invited just because the daughter's hired. Yeah. No, they shouldn't. But then the question for etiquette is, would it be polite to extend an invitation because their daughter is working the party? And it's kind of like, maybe. And I get the serious feeling that our letter writer does not want to do that. Oh, I don't think I get a feeling. I think, didn't she say? Yeah, she 100% says for sure. I don't want them coming. (laughs) Right. So... I think, yes, I don't think you need to invite them. I think then you won't. And then if there's going to be etiquette consequences, then I guess so be it at the office. I did think of this. Mm -hmm. It's quite possible that the boss doesn't even want to go. Yes, that is a possibility. And then you could rest your conscience by having this Mm -hmm. awkward conversation. Hey, I invited Lisa to come babysit. Uh, You know, this is a bunch of my close friends, not work related. But if you wanted to stop by, I want to know you're more than welcome. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Stop by. Yeah. That kind of is not like full throated invitation, but it's not just like a yeah, I like that language. Oh, actually, that, that actually checks off a lot of boxes. But then know that you've opened the door and they may come and they may stay for the whole thing. Yes, I think that is definitely possible. Um, in which case... That's what it is. Yeah, now that I'm thinking about it, I think that actually that's the move. I think you'd actually want to give a sincere invitation, be like, be so nice if you wanted to stop by. If the boss shares your sentiment that there is a strong boundary between personal office life, then the boss would decline, in which case, okay. If the boss wants to show up, well then, I don't know, maybe it actually is a good thing. 
uh, you never know where that might lead. Well, I don't even think we need to say it would be so nice because we don't want our boss to feel like they have to show up either. So we'd say, right. these are friends outside of work. I know Lisa's going to be here. You're more than welcome to come by. Right. We just don't ever want to give an invitation hoping they won't say yes. Those type of invitations are always tricky. Yeah, no, when we give this invitation, it means they might come by. Right, and we have to be good with that. And it should be a sincere invitation. Like, I am actually sincerely inviting you. If you want to come by, okay. And so I think, uh, yeah, I think that would be the move. I think I would maybe, I would do that, yeah. Because I don't think we can unask Lisa to babysit. Oh, that's not a possibility. It's not a possibility. Oh, that didn't even occur to me. Oh, no. you mm -mm. I wrote on all the options, and then I was like, that's not an option. Yes. Because also, watch Lisa not be able to do the babysitting, but now you've invited the parents, the boss, and the wife, and they come to your party anyway. I was like, oh, isn't that an interesting twist? I think a lot of times people actually don't want to go out. So you can put that invitation out there if they want to stop by. And maybe when they drop their kid off, they'll come in. But they're probably like, I also want to leave work at work. And I'm going to go home and sit on the couch and watch The Last of Us. Yeah, I think that's totally possible. So letter writer, I think we'll extend the feel free to stop by. You're welcome. Kind of invitation. And whether or not they come or not, we'll leave it in their hands. And in the future, if you really want that boundary set, then yeah, you, you can't actually do anything with anybody work-related in your personal life. As a side note, I would like to say, I love that you thought, oh, I want to have a party. I want my friends to be able to bring their kids, but I also want to have somebody there to help with their kids in case they just want to, you know, walk around, have some apps. You know what I mean? I think that's very giving of you and very kind. Yeah. Oh, that's a great host move for sure. So thoughtful and lovely. So letter writer, Please let us know what happens. We would love some aftermath on this. I love an aftermath. Who doesn't? And you out there, if you've ever heard something on the show and you want to know what happened, how did it work out? What was the aftermath? Let us know. We'll reach out to these letter writers and we'll ask, and then we'll let you know the aftermath. I'm sure there are questions that people are like, what's going on with that? I got to follow up. Oh, I, I'm, I'm haunted by many of these questions, <laughs> for sure. So please let us know. You can let us know through our website, whereyourraisedbywolves.com, or you can leave us a voicemail or send us a text message, 267-CALL-RBW. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. This episode is brought to you by Acorn TV. Acorn TV. And Acorn TV offers world-class mysteries, dramas, comedies, and documentaries from Britain and beyond. So I'm just starting this week a show with Jane Seymour called Harry Wild. Yeah, it's so fun because it falls under the uh, person who is not an official police person or right. or like in, in the judicial department or anything like that is like, I'm going to get involved and I'm going to help you solve this crime, which is one of my favorite types of ladies. And yeah, so Jane Seymour, I guess, is a retired English professor and her son is a police detective and she just can't help but get involved in the cases he's working on. Yes, and they have a new season coming out this month, so it's the perfect time for you to jump in, Nick. And Jane Seymour is wonderful. Wonderful. So you out there, check that out and check out all the great stuff that Acorn TV has. Sign up for a 30-day free trial with promo code ACORN30 at acorn.tv. This episode is brought to you by Acorn TV. Acorn TV. And Acorn TV offers world-class mysteries, dramas, comedies, and documentaries from Britain and beyond. So I'm just starting this week a show with Jane Seymour called Harry Wild. 
Yeah, it's so fun because it falls under the uh, person who is not an official police person or right. or like in, in the judicial department or anything like that is like, I'm going to get involved and I'm going to help you solve this crime, which is one of my favorite types of ladies. And yeah, so Jane Seymour, I guess, is a retired English professor and her son is a police detective and she just can't help but get involved in the cases he's working on. Yes, and they have a new season coming out this month. So it's the perfect time for you to jump in, Nick. And Jane Seymour is wonderful. Wonderful. So you out there, check that out and check out all the great stuff that Acorn TV has. Sign up for a 30-day free trial with promo code ACORN30 at acorn.tv.